So, uh, I'm bringing the preach this morning, uh, the sermon. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, my name's Aaron, for those of you that don't know me. Um, and I guess really, but before I do that, I wanted to give a, a little update on some of the leadership transition stuff we've been talking about for really a couple of years around here. You'll notice our, our man Ronnie is absent again today, um, but he's, he's at our sister church in Wiley. He's leading um, a leader meeting for John over there today and just more of the same. He, uh, he's doing that on purpose, and he really wants us to practice some of this without him. But to that end, you know, he's really led the, the staff and shepherd team to be working towards a, a more formalized version of our, our passing the baton. And so we're looking at our bylaws and our board. And, you know, the big idea that we've discussed for a while is just that, you know, Ronnie and, and some of our founding elders would sort of formally pass it off. And so that's what we're about. Not that any of them would cease to be here or lead us, but that we'd really lean in in wisdom to the, the fresh, um, you know, people that have been around. And so from an elder standpoint, you know, we're thinking John Ganster and Jeff Arledge, the staff, as we've been talking about, is looking at myself and Garrett and Kale and Tori, the broader shepherd team. And so we wanted to let you know we've got some things lined up there and, and just ask for your prayers as we try to do that in the, the most wisdom and, and spirit-led way that we can. So that's happening and it's exciting. But today I am going to preach on kind of a, a one-off sermon. I'm going to talk about heating up some of our values. So we just wrapped a series called Written on Our Heart, where some of our you know, great preachers shared about their favorite Bible verses. We got to discuss. It, it was awesome. I really enjoyed that one. I heard a lot of great feedback. Um, I hope you did as well. Next week, we're kicking off. Actually, Kale's going to kick it off. A new series out of Proverbs on wisdom. And we're just going to think through together for six, seven weeks. I don't remember exactly how long. How to be wise. How to grow in that. But today... Uh, we wanted to share with you some of the, the values our, our staff team has really been thinking and praying through uh, that we want to hit on again and again this year to, to look at um, what needs heat, where we can grow, and, and how we can do better as, as a church family. And so I'm going to just take the next little while to do that. We're not going to do a big series on, on these values, but our intent is to repeat them as we go throughout any series and our events. You'll notice the theme for the, the women's retreat, intentional living, is, is one of these. And uh, I mean, Tana already preached on that, so I'll be short for that way. That was great. But um, that's what we're about today. And so we've got these honed in on, on three short phrases that I want to share with you and, and preach around. They are this, intentional living, passionate devotion, and communal excellence. That last one's a bit of a tongue twister, but I'll explain it. And so, um, yeah, these are ideas that we tried to distill down to, to short phrases that we can repeat and remind each other to, to help ourselves grow. And, and make the most of, of this year and, and the coming time together. So, intentional living. That's the first one. So this is basically all aspects of life on purpose. Recognizing that little good happens by accident. 
And, and surely there's, there's moments of serendipity and, and that can happen. Maybe it's, it's safe, better to say little growth happens by accident. Yes, you know, God's love is unconditional. He initiates with us. He invites us into his fellowship. But he's really after a partnership. And intentional living is about leaning into our side of that partnership, that we would work and, and effort to, to live intentionally. You know, our culture is a, a strong current, it, a wide river that you're smack in the middle of. And if you're not actively swimming against it, you know, working to go the other direction, you'll get swept away. We, we've all experienced that at times, myself included. One day you wake up and wonder, just how the heck did I get here? What is going on in my life? You know, and that's, that's the world as it is today. It is a powerful barrage. And if you aren't actively working to point to Jesus and swim the other way, it's going to be a difficult time. So we've got to be intentional and purposeful about the way we live. You know, to highlight this, I want to look at 2 Peter 1. Uh, go there on, on your Bible phones or your Bibles if you want. You could really pull from almost anywhere in the New Testament to, to heat up this value. But I, I love this passage in 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 3. It says this, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness, through these He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Just pause there for a minute. He's given us everything we need for a godly life. What a blessing. He's, he's given us these great and precious promises, a chance to participate in the divine nature here and now, not just later. That invitation is now to participate in the divine nature with God. And so I read that. I'm like, yes, sign me up. God, let's do this. Give it to me. I'm ready. We'll just sit here. It'll happen. But now let, let's read on in verse 5. It says, for this reason... Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to your goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Make every effort to add to your faith. God wants a, a partnership with us, and he does expect us to work hard. You know, Jesus said, if you want to be his disciple, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for Jesus will find it. That's intentional living. You can't deny yourself by accident. Most of us don't just wake up one day having lost all our bad habits, right? We uh, don't just wake up longing to work out and eat, eat vegetables. At least that's been my experience. I don't know, some of y'all got that by happenstance, and I hate you just a little bit. 
No. We've all been gifted in, in various ways. And the last one, we need to lean into each other's gifts. But yeah, it's, it can be hard work. Intentional living comes with a growth mindset. That verse 8, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, more and more. You know, I want you to think through, and, and these are the kind of things that I think we need to challenge one another in. When's the last time you've grown spiritually? When's the last time you've learned something new about God's character or put into practice a, a new spiritual discipline? What sinful habit have you made progress against? Yeah, which spiritual discipline are you better at now than you were last year? Or, or five years, ten years ago? Be honest with yourself and, and think through that. God has more for us. And you can't, you can't outgrow Him. You can't outgive Him. You know, all of that. There isn't a point of we've made it to be found in this life. He is an unending, deep well of love and devotion and inspiration that we can tap into from now until the very end of our earthly lives. And certainly, it, it's not at all like there's no progress among us, right? I mean, we have a lot to be proud of. But I, I know my own life. I talk to a lot of you. I think it's safe to say we can get better at this. And, and let's do it together. So, I don't want us to feel overwhelmed. You know, there's some seemingly paradoxical things, you know, the way Jesus explains all this. And, and the Sermon on the Mount, he's like, yeah, be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. And that'll pretty much get you there. Um, you know, the whole pick up your cross, deny yourself. But he also says, you know, when you're weary and burdened, come to him and he will give you rest. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. So we can take the pendulum too far in either direction, where it's none of us, all of God, and we are lazy, or where we forget about God and think it's only us and willpower and we're our own God. You've got to find Jesus in the middle. And he expects your effort and your work and your dedication and your devotion. But he will meet you where you end up. And he will make up the difference every time if you lean into him and trust him. So he wants your best, plain and simple. And look in the mirror and ask yourself if you've been giving him your best. Practically, what could this look like? You know, I think... All your decisions need to run through an intentional kingdom of God filter. Every single decision. You know, where do you work? Where do you live? What, what's your, your hobbies, your extracurricular activities? What, what activities do you put your kids in? How do you organize your life? Is all of it at least on purpose? We've got to get there. We've got to live intentionally. And if so, is it with the kingdom intention in mind? How do you spend your time? Is too much wasted? How do you spend your money? Are you an intentional giver? We certainly need you to be an intentional giver. 
What do you watch on TV, the movies, the broad swath of entertainment that we all participate in? Do you choose those activities on purpose? Or is it just fleeting fun or relaxing or whatever? And we certainly need rest. And again, this isn't a prohibition of any one thing specifically, but it is a call to live intentionally into every single aspect of your life. So, we could flesh each of these out quite a bit. I'm going to leave intentional living there for now. Talk a little bit more about it at the end, and ideally, as we go for several months. The second one, passionate devotion. So this is devotion to God that that makes itself known. Devotion that can't help but bubble up to the surface and influence the rest of your life. A passion that overshadows all other motives and desires in your life, directs your desires. It's not a lazy devotion or a sometimes devotion. It's a Jesus-like, all-in, passion-filled devotion to God. It's very challenging. Again, the goal is is a pure heart. And that's pure as in 100% singularly devoted to God. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We struggle when we want to see God. And I would say, look at at your devotion. Is, Is your heart pure, singularly focused? Certainly Jesus was passionate. You know, I think sometimes, um, you know, maybe it's us, it's me. We've got a lot of UTD grads here. We're very chill, very practical, analytical. Um, That's all me. It's okay. Um, But Jesus was passionate. Like, he had a fire in him. You know, I think sometimes the brevity of the details are just our lack of reading through the Gospels, we forget that. We see some emotionalist stoic or something. That's not what the Gospels show us. You know, just for a few examples, he's, he's driving out the money changers and the temples in anger and zeal for God's house. He weeps over a friend's death. He weeps over Jerusalem at the triumphal entry when he comes in that last time and realizes they've rejected him. He retu- he's routinely, routinely, Routinely. There's something there, but no. Regularly interrupted by these hurt and sick people, and he has compassion. And he stops and he touches them and he heals. You know, he's shown praying all night before choosing the 12, often escaping to lonely places to pray. He apparently sweats blood and just extreme anxiety the night before the cross. All because of his deep love and his devotion to God, you know, he he does the the cross, and we call that the passion. You can't escape the passion that was within him and his devotion to the Father, and that's what we're after. And so that's what, again, we're, we're calling one another towards, a passionate devotion to God. It flows from the Father. It's not just passion. You can have strong feelings about the wrong thing, but you need to bring strong feelings to God and our, our allegiance to Him. Jesus said, the world must learn I love the Father and do exactly as He commands. And that was His driving devotion and passion. 
Certainly, passion on the expressive feeling side can come easier to some of us than others. Um, that, that's okay. We've got to really lean into that, though. It's, uh, our devotion will start to shape our passion, if you will lean into God. And then our passion will turn us back to devotion. You grow this desire and, and go to God to, that He would give you fresh and new desires in your own heart to go after Him. You know, it's safe to say this is another growth opportunity to us. Not to belittle any individual's devotion, but to call you higher. That same deal we read in, in Second Peter, that we would have these qualities in increasing measure, and that we would make every effort consistently. So think through, what do you feel most strongly about? Obviously, we would say it should be Jesus, it should be His will for your life, but, but what is it? What do you come in and out of? What makes you angry? What makes you sad? What makes you happy? When are you disappointed? What's driving those passions in you? And is it kingdom-oriented things? Or do you only get angry when, you know, you selfishly don't get your way or you feel offended? Um, are you only disappointed when, what, uh, the Cowboys just fail you again and again every year in the playoffs? Um, you know, what, what brings you joy? What makes you sad? Is it your favorite TV show being canceled too soon? Or is it whether or not a coworker comes to know Christ? You know, the how on this, I think, is a little tricky. And certainly, we, we rely on the Spirit's influence. But um, I would encourage you to do what Psalm 34 says. Simply taste and see that the Lord is good. When's the last time you've truly tried to, to taste and see anew? Taste, that, that's an interesting idea to think about with our relationship to God, I guess. But you get the metaphor. This is a poem. Um, you know, you can be told about a, a great meal and think, oh, yeah, I could like that. That would taste good. You could see a picture of it. It's like, oh, I, I see it now. I, that is going to be good. But until you actually taste it, like, you're just kind of imagining things. And I think we do that too often with God. We can know a lot about Him. We can learn a lot about Him. But the noise, the culture, whatever it is, our habits, we fail to sit and be still with Him. And, and just hear from Him. And taste and see that He is good. And I'd say once you do that, it'll start to snowball. And there will be seasons where your passion, your devotion maybe ebbs and flows. Like we're, we're in a long you know, journey here. But if you'll let it, you will learn more and more how sweet he is and how much he has for you and how better he is than anything the world can offer. And so that's the, the passionate devotion we need to fuel so that it can fuel the, the rest of our lives. You know, another great one, I'll just read it real quick, but I'll, I'll move on to the third. Psalm 37. It's a wonderful psalm. 
It says, don't fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. We fret about everything. We are so anxious and just fret, fretful. Is that a word? Stop it. Like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We've talked about this a lot. This isn't give you whatever's on your wants list, your new car, but to give you the desires of your heart, to reshape what you desire, what you long for, what brings you passion and excitement and all of that. If you will take delight in the Lord, he will reshape your heart to be more and more like Christ, and all of this will start to make sense together. So, let nothing get in the way of your relationship with God. Let nothing get in the way of your devotion to God. And let that well up into passionate allegiance that's infectious, that's inspiring to others, that consistently leads you back to God. All right. Again, more to be said there. We've done intentional living. We've done passionate devotion. The third one is communal excellence. So this is, this is an excellence that's it's a shared excellence. An excellence our church body is called to that we can only accomplish together. This is all the one another passages. This is the we're made for community. We need community. Um, this is about being excellent together. Okay, the same way that God wants to partner with you individually, He wants to build our church to, up together into the bride of Christ. You know, Ephesians 3.10, I probably say it a lot. It's just mind-blowing to me. It's this glimpse into this manifold wisdom of God. But His intent, God's intent was that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Jesus. He has got so much in store for the church, Um, a sacred responsibility that we would take part in making known the wisdom of God to the spiritual rulers. What does that even mean? I'll tell you next time. I won't. Um, you know, the John 13, a new command I give you, love one another as I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. There's a responsibility in the church to make God known. The city on the hill, all the Zion imagery, the let your light shine. This is a community-focused church initiative that he wants seen done in every local community in the global capital C church but you can't escape the need for communal excellence you bear the name of Christ like that is sacred and deep you know this is 10 commandment stuff taking the lord's name in vain is not about cussing it's about bearing the name of our lord to the world around us, carrying the capital N name into the world, making known our God and his character to those that need to know about it and get to know him. 
So this is a, a huge responsibility that I think all of us should feel more and want to participate in. You know, practically, this one, it's about being sharp together. Think about our groups, our events, just here at Sunday morning. Are you sharp? Like, do you give it the priority that it deserves? Or are you lazy? Like, come to give. Come on time. Bring some passion to our singing and community. Show that you love God and love others. You know, our community, we need to be hospitable in all things, all the time. We need to be friends, like truly friends with each other that are in each other's lives, actively influencing one another. We need to meet with each other, carry each other higher, carry our burdens, know what each other's burdens are so that we can help one another. We need to talk about kingdom things and pray together. And we do that so that we can always and consistently invite more people in to show them the greatness that is Jesus and what he has for us. You know, we need to adopt a higher level of accountability for one another, towards one another. We need to to be excellent with each other. And it's got to be more than this one little sermon. We, uh, we often say, do just enough to get the job done, which is purposeful and wise, but I think maybe we take it too far sometimes. I would say, don't fly by the seat of your pants. By the way, I'm an expert at that. <laughs> I, got, I got problems. Um, I, uh, yeah. I can fly by the seat of my pants. And it is, it's not what God wants. He wants purpose. If you are planning an event, plan it. Like, devote some time to it. If you lead a small group, like, think about the questions you're going to ask. Plan a meaningful discussion. If you're going to lunch with a friend, bring one purposeful question or kingdom-oriented idea for your discussion. Do life on purpose. Be excellent together. Hold each other up to a, a higher level of accountability. And so here, I, you know, hopefully not a totally offensive question, but are you a lazy member of our body? Just think through that for a minute and be honest with yourself. We will always need to take turns. Leading, being the strong one, you know, being the one who's going through hell or, you know, we will have burdens. We got to help each other. But where you are, what can you give and are you giving it? That's communal excellence. So, you know, these, in conclusion here, they, they start to work together. They certainly interact with one another. You can think about, um, you know, passionate devotion. That's loving God. Communal excellence is loving others. Intentional living is the the purposefulness that makes space for those to happen. Um, The, you know, it needs to start with our devotion probably. But if you haven't intentionally created space to, to be with God... 
it's going to be hard to get that off the ground. And so you got to be intentional about every way you live. you got to build space for that devotion. And then you see the devotion will well up in us, you know, that spring of living water that is, is all the fields sometimes and all the great and goodness. And it'll, it'll inspire us to, to do the other, to live more intentionally and then to do it excellently with the body. So, that's what we're about. I'm going to wrap here. I'm going to say a prayer for us. We'll talk about this more, be talking about it together. We can grow together, and we want to do that. God, you alone are are the one that that we worship, the one who can take us to these, these goals and these lofty expectations. May you please work in each of us individually to, to grow our devotion, to grow our allegiance to you, to, to give us discipline to, to turn our lives into something that looks more and more like Jesus every day. And may you also work in our community and in our body to grow together, to be the church that you want us to be so that we can show the world around us just how great and good you are. Uh, We ask all of this in Jesus' name, and we just love you. Amen. Amen. Okay, that's it for today. Have a great one. See ya.